Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're speaking with Greg Reed. Greg is one of the top entrepreneurs and best-selling authors in the world, having published, co-authored, and been featured in over 100 books and becoming one of the top five keynote speakers, according to Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine. During his career, Greg managed to become one of the biggest authorities on success and personal development, following the principles of Dr. Napoleon Hill and his book, Think and Grow Rich, helping thousands of people with his work and being recognized by government leaders, luminaries in education, and many successful entrepreneurs. Greg also manages to start multiple businesses and become the founder and CEO of Secret Knock, an exclusive event that has created a strong community of professionals around partnership, networking, and business development that includes well-knowing executives, artists, entrepreneurs, and professional athletes. As an author, Greg has published his books in over 45 countries and has 28 best-selling titles, including Three Feet from Gold and his most recent title, Wealth Made Easy, where he teaches people how to become a millionaire and provides real-world strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs. Well, And this is the longest introduction ever. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so to start off, I want to kind of give our audience some context on you, what you're about, and where you've kind of come from. So give us a background on you and, and how you kind of got into this game. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Greg. I'm just a regular cat. So I live here in the mean streets of San Diego, California. I'm an author, speaker, filmmaker, and I'm probably the least qualified guy to do what I do. I'm just very, very fortunate. I surround myself with amazing people. And the principle that I've been able to accomplish a lot of things is I work my strengths and I hire my weaknesses. You know, mm. we're talking about a hundred books and all this different stuff. The real reality is I can't really read very well. I can't spell. I'm dyslexic. Play me words with friends. You win every time. So what I did is I'm a good orator. I'm full of crap. So I get great ghostwriters and editors to take yeah. my message and then craft them in a way that people would want to read them. And they go on to become the world bestselling books. Yeah, that's amazing. And so with the work that you do and personal development and things like that, has that come from kind of a, a a desire to, to be better and to do better and to help people? Does that come from personal struggle? What kind of got you into that? Yeah, I had a great mentor when I was in sales and marketing. I remember all those bumper stickers and memes, you know, you know, you, you saw them over and over, the Vince Lombardi's and keep going. And I actually started living my life by those examples. And mm. I realized that Abraham Lincoln had a quote. He says, people are as happy as they make up their minds to be. And I said, well, I'm going to just choose that direction. So I came up with a little mantra called always good. Sounds silly, but I remember going through a, uh, I think it was some type of grocery store and the cashier was checking people out and she was going, how you doing? How you doing? She didn't care, but she kept saying it. And people were saying double negatives, like fair to meddling, not bad. And so it got to my turn. I go, what's a po double positive? She goes, how you doing? I go, always good. And she stopped and looked up. She goes, how can someone always be good? I did the Abraham Lincoln. People are as happy as they make up their minds to be. And I go, that's going to become my new catchphrase. And I realize if we have that type of mentality, good things start magically appearing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I like what you said where you, you're focusing on your strengths. You've got things that some might consider weaknesses, but you've looked at it and you said, well, where are my strengths and how do I leverage other people and systems, et cetera, to make things happen? And I think it kind of leads me into what I really want to talk to you about today, which is overcoming adversity and, and, and looking for opportunity. And I think that 2020 has kind of been a bit of a kick in the face for a lot of people. And especially in healthcare, we are in an industry where a lot of the time we have to be face-to-face -face with people. That was the, the way of doing it. Chiropractors have to have hands on people, massage therapists, nutritionists will do consultations. And now we're being forced to pivot and either go virtual or change our business model entirely. I think that it's something that was inevitable 
I think that, you know, the, the world as it is, has just sped things up. What's your take on looking forward and pivoting into kind of the new way of doing things, especially kind of in a context of healthcare where it isn't necessarily directly easily translated into, into the virtual world? Well, first of all, I might be a little bit different than every other guest that you have because I believe that people are making a mistake by over-adjusting. So it's like anything else. If you're a chiropractor, you don't want to over-adjust somebody. You want to under-adjust them and come back and then keep working on it. And I'm seeing people do that where they have these hands-on industries and they're going, I'm going to pivot my business. And they take it all online. Mm. And guess what? This too shall pass. And what's going to happen is people have a short attention span. Look, I live in San Diego. Everyone's in quarantine. The second, the day they go, hey, the beaches are open. (laughs) We had a short attention span. And that's what's going to happen. As soon as the doors start opening or a vaccine comes out or whatever the situation is, all of a sudden people are going to go back. So I'm also seeing a lot of people that were doing one-on-one engagement going this online. And what's going to happen is when things open up, when they do, they're going to be stuck over here where everyone else is going to be going back to the pendulum. So I'm saying you got to do a hybrid, 100%. I'm all in favor for. But I'm also saying just be careful that we don't overcorrect because, again, this too shall pass. Yeah. I think that you made an interesting point. A lot of people look at this and think, right now my practice is closed or right now I can't work in the same way, so I must change my business to be online. And it's something that, that I talk to my clients about is let's begin pivoting and adding in some extra services or rejigging how we're doing things, but not necessarily completely jumping ship because when things inevitably do go back to a sense of normality, while you know a lot of things will have changed in our industry, there's going to be this vacuum where businesses weren't able to, to stand the test of time, stand the troubles, and there's going to be a lot of opportunity. And, all, and also, let's talk about opportunity. I mean, look, we all know what's going on. And we also understand the challenges. We understand the loss of life. We understand this thing. And I believe all of our hearts go out. We also have to understand about opportunity. Never in history will as many lives be saved as what we're going through right now too. Mm -hmm. And people go, what are you talking about? Well, think about it for a second. Napoleon Hill talked about collaboration over competition. And for the first time in the history of the planet Earth, especially in your industry, doctors and scientists from Ethiopia are talking to doctors and scientists in Russia. And they're talking to people in China. And they're talking to people over here in you know, Egypt. And I guarantee what's happening, because I'm talking to the community in a very big way, and these science professionals are going, holy smokes, this one guy had a peptide over here that we've been looking over here, that when these two come together, you're going to see more discoveries over the next five to 10 years for cures of things that the world has been suffering from that people have never even can imagine. So what I believe, and my scientific friends are saying, is that the outcome of this as through every adversity comes an equal and greater opportunity. Some amazing things will be popping up down the road. Mm. There's a lot of isolation in science and business and healthcare where we separate. It's like, I'm going to work on this thing. And then if we all put our minds together and actually started just working on the problem to produce the outcome, there'd be, there'd be more growth all around. And I see that a lot in business and especially in the healthcare space, there's a lot of uh, I call it like old boys club. We need to stick to what we're doing and not change. And I can't be sharing this and I can't be talking to them and everyone's competition. Whereas my clients always say to me, James, how do I stand out? How do I be different? How do I you know, have a niche, et cetera? And my answer is, a, is invariably always, you are different because you are different, but you don't have to be this completely separate in isolation, different practice. And you can collaborate with people around you because you've got different ways of looking at things, different ways of impacting people. 
Yeah. So again, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, go down to even the retail business I, and I'll get out of this industry and I will go in just the common sense visual and then people can see themselves in this thing. You can see a strip mall and there's a guy who owns a pizza parlor and another person has a liquor store in the corner and they hate each other because they're always taking up parking spaces and what have you. But for the first time ever, what if people came to the middle of the parking lot and said, Hey, let's end this thing, but here's what we'll do. Every time someone orders a pizza, give me a little flyer. I'll put in the pizza box for a discount for the next six pack of beer. And every time someone comes to the counter to buy a six pack of beer, give them one of my flyers for a pizza. That simple little collaboration can increase both of their businesses. And for the first time again, I am seeing, again, only for myself, is that someone can have the greatest idea and logo for a clothing brand. Another person who makes, you know, textiles in their garage, but they're not working. Another guy makes kicktail, you know, websites and funnel systems. Well, people can come together as a triangle without money and really expend it and start a brand new clothing line that when this opens up and all the stores and the malls and the, you know, swap meets start, you got to vote for something brand new. In fact, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. And I'm realizing that I never had the time to focus on those type of the things because I was so grinding on my own business. So now people can look up for the first time and start seeing these opportunities. And real quick, I get to the story. Truett Cathy in America started a company called Chick-fil-A Restaurants. It's a big multi-billion dollar franchise here. And I said, if you want to be a billionaire, what do you do? And he said, stop planning so much. I go, what are you talking about? That's all we know. He goes, last year you had a lot of plans. I go, yeah. He goes, how did that work out for you? He goes, look for and capitalize on unexpected opportunity. He says, if I'm on my sofa and I want to get to the end of the street, get off your butt, start moving that direction. He goes, a planner is going to plan every step where they're going to pause, take a break. Sprinkler comes out, scares them, take them back home. He goes, I'm looking, did a kid leave a skateboard or a bicycle out I could borrow and make my journey short. If I get lucky, I'll wave down a neighbor, drive him by. I'll hitch a ride to the end of the street. He goes, either way, I'll get to my goal. I just stop letting go and being attached to exactly how it has to happen. So right now, I think is the time we're going to start looking for more opportunities and realize a lot of the things we ask for are being given to us, but we don't like the packaging. If I sat there and said, God, I need $100. Please, I'll do anything for 100 bucks." A guy pulls up in a pickup truck full of aluminum cans and says, hey, I'm running late for a meeting. Take these off my hands. You can cash them in. They're worth 100 bucks." I don't want those stinky things. Well, you asked, you prayed, it was delivered. You didn't like the packaging. You sent it on its way. Right now, I guarantee a lot of things we've been asking for are being delivered. We just have to look at the packaging and be observant of it because we don't want that too to pass us by as well. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point you bring up uh, around opportunity. And we often get so fixated on what we think we want versus what we need in that moment to, to get us to where we want to be. Yeah, that's a good one. When I bring people together in in my community groups with my clients, barriers seem to come down and people are exchanging ideas, people are starting conversations and they're helping each other and realizing that there isn't this competition. Why do you think that outside and uh, you know in the real world and the public, whatever you want to call it, there is these barriers that come up? What do you think makes people worry so much about competition? Well, I think it's innate. I mean, we were always trained that. It's keeping up the Joneses. There's every cliche that you want to say. And especially with the you know, Instagram memes and things of this nature, it's, it's freaking people out. Look, if I see a 20-year-old kid next to a Lamborghini, I'm thinking I'm 40 years old. In my business, I'm driving a, a regular car. I'm comparing myself, even though they don't know he just is broke and took a picture of a card on the driveway. It's this illusion. And it's interesting. In Think and Grow Rich, the biggest chapter was called The Six Ghosts of Fear. 
And I believe the biggest fear in the world is the fear of the unknown. We don't know what's coming. That's, we're not fear of even this disease. We're just fear of we don't know it's unknown. It's a ghost. And so it's such a scary thing. We can handle yes. We can handle no. It's that maybe that scares the living, mm. but Jesus. But the second biggest fear is the fear of judgment, the fear of criticism. And people will say, like, what would you do if you couldn't fail? The big question is, what would you do the moment you stopped worrying what people thought? Would you start that new business? Would you take things in a different direction? And the funny thing is no one's looking at us. <laughs> They're all dealing with their own situation. And right now is probably the most ideal time to ever step back and go, what would this look like when we come out of this? If I could do anything, what would it look like? And start going towards that direction where you can maybe create a brand new modality and standard that hasn't been around before. Mm. Because I noticed that when there's more uncertainty, then actually becomes more stress. And when there's more stress, we start to overanalyze things. We take less action on them and we start to associate stresses together. And so I've got clients and, and people that I work with that are worrying about things and overreacting to things, even though in isolation, the situation is otherwise the same. And what's something that people can apply to themselves or their, their lives or their business right now that would help them to kind of separate themselves from the environmental stresses that aren't directly influencing their path, but they're making it influence their path with their headspace? Yeah, surround yourself with people you have respect for, not people who have influence over, number one. Door number two, seek counsel, not opinion. Counsel's based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. People have already paved the way. Where, you know, opinions based on ignorance, lack of knowledge. If you go to a family friend and say, you know, I'm gonna write a best-selling book, they might talk you out of it to protect you because they know I got a D in English and they've never written a best-selling book. But if I sought counsel from someone who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and sold a billion copies, they're going to say, here's what you need to know and give you counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, and mentorship. If we would spend our activity only seeking counsel and ignoring people's opinion, that's the day your life would change. 100%. I noticed that in myself. And I also noticed uh, that with a lot of people that I bring on the show, we, people are consistently, who are successful, consistently say uh, some of the same things, which is seeking counsel, getting coaching from someone who knows what they're doing and has achieved it, uh, and surrounding themselves with people that are supportive. Why do you think that? We and, often... and by the way, I, I want to go on that one. It's, it's so funny because through this crisis, again, you know, all kinds of great ideas. One of my aha moments, I was sleeping in the middle of the night and go, there's no more credible sources. You know, here's again, here's a 20 year old kid in front of a Lamborghini. Well, guess what? I actually hang out with Mr. Lamborghini, <laughs> the guy. And so I'm like, well, what a, it's such a juxtaposition. And so I, I said, since there's no credible source, I spent a fortune. I bought the domain name CredibleSource.com, where you can go on there and pay a thousand bucks and you can have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with the most incredible human beings from military generals and, you know, thought leaders to the guy who started the e-entertainment network all the way down to the founder of Ugg Boots. And the whole idea is where could you be if you actually had one hour with someone who's accomplished what everyone else is talking about, cut your learning curve literally a decade away. Yeah. Why do you think people can sometimes almost be seen to be avoiding getting that credible source? Why do we keep going back to our friends who don't have knowledge or experience and asking them or that sort of thing? I find that a lot. I find people, especially for example, if I'm to, to try and coach them, I'm going to offer advice. I'm going to, they're asking me for information. And then when we share it with them, they then go, okay, yeah, sure. And then they go back to what they were doing before. Why do you think people find comfort in that? There, there's so many things to unpack here, but I'm going to go to your end thing. I, I, first of all, I stopped doing what you just said. In fact, I'm doing a TV reality show right now based on this exact topic. I got tired of that game. Mm. So what I do now is I look for somebody who's bleeding from their knuckles and I call it the power of roots. 
And people go, what's roots? And I go, well, I only work with people that are literally gushing blood from the back of their hands. And they go, why? And I go, because of roots. And I go, what does that mean? I said, well, someone could be down and out. They could be in the gutter. It doesn't make a difference where they're at. We've all been there. But they don't like being there, so they're bleeding. I go, but why? And they go, because of roots. Because I don't get it. He says, see, they don't like where they're at. So they're reaching their hand out of that gutter situation, trying to grab a handful of roots to pull themselves out. He goes, if you can find this select group that are willing to bleed, yell encouraging words and where to grab the next set, eventually they'll pull themselves out and then be able to teach others. He goes, you know, the idea is stop trying to change people or fix people. I just look mm-hmm. people are willing to bleed. So if I come off stage and there's 10,000 people and they say, hey, I want to meet with you. I say, absolutely. Here's my cell phone. Text me Tuesday at 10, 10 a.m. and say the word watermelon whatever it is. And that gets rid of 99.99999% of people because it's an actionable step. And then the one person who does text me, which is so rare, I sit there and great. I say Thursday at noon, show up at my house with two empty lobster shells and a baseball helmet. You know, whatever. I just make stuff up. But the chance of that person doing that is so small. But the one who does, who texts me at that time and shows up with the lobster shells and the baseball helmet, those are the people I want to work with. And guess what? When I give them feedback and direction, 100% of those people take action. Do you think that's because they're experiencing so much pain in their current situation that they're wanting to, to get out of it, that they're willing to take action? How many times in personal development you go to a seminar, especially in my space, and I'm on stage and I see the same faces everywhere you go. Or they buy the seminars or they buy the tapes, they buy the books. Look, it's the action in the law of attraction that makes our dreams come true. You got to think it, you got to feel it, you got to do it. We do not attract what we want in life. We only attract more of what we already are. We attract mm-hmm. more of the vibration that we run at. So if all we want to do is change things around us, we have to change that vibration and things change accordingly. I truly believe in surrounding yourself with the mastermind group, just like what you do, just like what you offer. And like you said, well, when people come together, they're sharing experiences and contacts and leads. That's it. So the people are sitting there going, I wish I had do something, make yourself uncomfortable, sign up for one of these groups, go to them. Mm. And then all of a sudden things go different, especially when you apply the knowledge. And the easiest way to get a great mentor is to apply the application of what they teach you and then show up and tell them what you learned. I'll give an example. When I want to be a great speaker, there's a guy out there named Les Brown. He's a motivational legend. And I said, Les, I want to be a speaker like you. Give me one nugget of something I should do different. He did. A month later, I hunted him down and says, hey, I met you a month ago. I asked for a nugget. I did it. Here's my results. What should I do next, sir? He's so shocked. <laughs> That's where I was going, like, what? Right? Because nobody does that. What's the chance of him giving me that next nugget? 100%. And coincidentally, he just called me today. Now, he comes to me for nuggets. And what's interesting about that is that's how you build these relationships up. Surround yourself with people you have respect for, not people you have influence over. Yeah, 100%. I see that in myself. I see that in my clients. The ones who are taking action get outcomes because they're actually moving towards their direction and they're not planning, like you said at the start, right? People, too many people are planning, looking for those perfect opportunity. Everything's aligned. And the reality is success is dirtier than that. Success is rougher than that. And it just starts with moving forward. But I smiled when you said, you know, you asked them for one thing and then you did it and then you came back because what fills me up is the clients that literally do the same thing, but in a different context. It's what do I need to do right now? And then I tell them, knowing that majority of them are not going to go and do it properly. And then when they do and they come back, I say, wow, this is great. And then I give them the next thing. And consistently, 
my most successful clients and also the people that, that I interview the most successful, the ones who are implementing on this stuff, they're doing it. They're not just hoarding information. I think it's too easy to hoard information these days. And we're afraid again of the application. Look, people call it the fear of success, the fear of failure. That's mm. a bunch of crap. It's just to get fear of criticism. It's the fear of if you try something and it fails, the, the criticism you'll get. Or yeah. we're taught that money is the root of all evil, so we're afraid of success because then we're going to burn it forever in hell. Whatever your illusion is, because our truth, all we know is all we know. So if we want something different, surround ourselves with people that are getting the results we want. Look, if I was going to open up you know, a brand new restaurant chain in America, my mm. good buddy, my mentor, uh, started Chuck E. Cheese, which is one of the biggest ones in America. But he did it 40 years ago. I probably wouldn't ask him. I'd say, who's doing you know, In-N-Out or Five Guys or the hottest trend right now and say, hey, guys, what are you doing? And I'd ask them for counsel. And mm. It's so interesting. I went to Africa and I remember climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And I did not ask a dope smoking surfer here in La Jolla to drive me to the roof of Africa. I found this Sherpa that I climbed it 900 times. Wherever they put their boot print, I put my boot print. When I wanted to be a best-selling author, I went to Barnes & Noble Bookstore and I bought every best-selling book and said, how did you do it? Called those people up. I didn't want to be a great writing author. I want to be a best-selling author. And I found their system. I duplicated it. And here we are. 100%. Tell me more about that. You've, you've got a lot of books. You're in a lot of books. What got you to, to want to do that? Did you think writing was a good medium to get expression out, to influence people? Were you driven by it? What was driving you to, to want to be involved in so many books? I wish I had a great story behind that one. It's just the goal, you know, the, mm. for me on my bucket list. When I was 17, 18 years old, I made 80 items, crazy bucket list things that were impossible to me. And mm. I've knocked every single one of them off my list. And one of them was to write, a, you know, a book. And I, when I did my first one, I was turned down by 268 publishers, agents, and printers in a row. 268. Mm. I still have every letter, rejection letter upstairs. And what I would do is take those rejection letters and like wallpaper, I'd put around my office and it became my motivation. And I would send more and more of these query letters out because I thought it was funny how many rejections I got. The 269th one said, we'll do your book, change the title, beginning, middle and end. Cause again, I sucked. And so I got a ghostwriter who took my words, craft in a way people would want to see. It went on to become a global best-selling book and started the catalyst for me now impacting the lives of millions of people. Did it just pivot from there where it was like, I love doing this? Or did it feel more of like a necessity? I don't even have a sto answer for that. It just it was, became my new normal. It was kind of like, well, I go, I've got another, after that book became successful, I said, I got another story. I got another story. And it kept going and going. It was so interesting. I pulled up my 11th grade report card and in creative writing, my teacher gave me an F saying that I'll never make it. <laughs> I should give up this dream. Yet that's what I love to do. First of all, I'm not a great writer, but I am creative. So yeah. what I do is, I, again, work my strengths and hire my weaknesses. So if I sit there and say, look, a boy wants a new bicycle. It gets off his ass. He takes a lawnmower, mows lawn, makes money, buys a bike. Boom. That's my story. My ghostwriter says, it was a glorious Sunday afternoon when a young, bright-eyed lad caught the entrepreneurial spirit as he went outside, right? So that's their yeah. job. I work my strengths and let other people work theirs. Can you repeat that for me? You said, I work my strengths and I hire my weaknesses. Expand on that for our for listeners. Yeah, work your strengths, hire your weaknesses. I love it. So you're saying that rather than looking at all of the stuff we have to do and all the things that I must get done, but really stress me out, I'm not very good at them. You're saying, let's look at the things that I love to do. I feel good about it. I'm good at it. And then everything else, find someone to do it for me or a process to do it. Right. I'm the laziest guy in the world. So I run many different organizations and companies right now, 
But again, I, I don't work in those things. I, I work on them. So for example, right now I'm doing a big email marketing campaign. Well, I'm not, you know, Mustafa's working on that for me. Mm-hmm. Right now my Instagram's growing, I've got half a million followers with all these cool memes. Well, guess what? I'm not the one making those memes. And guess what? You know, I'm working on four different books, but I have my different ghostwriters working with me right now to craft those stories in a great way. So the whole idea is you work your strengths and you hire your weaknesses. And I'm working on a new clothing line right now that I think is going to be spectacular. But at no time will I sew any words of these things. It's just not what I do. Uh, So the whole idea is I work my strengths and then I surround myself with people that are experts. So many of us try and keep our hands on everything. And I know that I did that in the early stages of my business. It felt like I had to do it because if I wasn't doing it, it wasn't going to be as, as good as I needed it to be. And I wasn't going to be able to get to the next step. And I, and I sort of started to realize through pain that I'm never going to get to where I ultimately want to be if I'm so stuck and trying to do everything because then there's no leverage. Yeah, and so- the yeah. difference between being a leader and having a job. Two different, mm. you know, same things. Look, if, if I had a chiropractic office and I was the only person doing adjustments, it's just a job. But if I've got a chiropractic clinic and I have two other, three other chiropractors working under me, then all of a sudden it becomes a business. And then I can focus on marketing to bring in more people so that these guys can stay busy. And then I can bring in massage. I can bring in aromatherapy. I can do whatever I want to do, but I can focus on growing the business. But if I'm so busy doing the adjustments, I can only focus on what I can at hand. And my time's about up. Is there any last thing I can answer for you? Yeah. What's one thing that, that health professionals can do this week to, to help them grow their businesses? You know, start being aware. I know this probably is not where you're expected to hear and probably be different than other people, but this was a great paradigm shift for me. I did a book called Wealth Made Easy, you mentioned earlier, and I interviewed all these millionaires and billionaires, but the greatest aha came from a dear friend of mine, Mark Anthony Bates, and he taught me something, an acronym, CPC. This is it. It's about accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens. Stop blaming other people. It works like this. I'm a single guy. If I go out on a first date and the woman's 20 minutes late, it's a little red flag, but that's a clue. But if I go on the fifth, sixth, seventh date with her, and every time she's 20 minutes later, that forms the P, the pattern forming. Now it's my C choice, whether I deal with it, yell at her, break up with her, but it's not her fault. She's just late. Stop trying to change people to fit in your little box. But we see people with a bad reputation in business. They cheat your best friend. You do business thinking it'll be different for me. And when things go wrong, you're mad at the person. It's like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister. You go to pet it. You get bitten and you're mad at the snake. Suck it up, sucker fish. Majority of these things are our fault. We rarely are angry at relationships we went into or business feelings we went into. We're usually mad that we saw a clue, we saw the pattern, but we just yeah. held on. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can our audience connect with you online? Uh, go to Instagram, try is the easiest thing. And Greg S. Reed, it goes right to my DM. If you ever want to talk to me direct, I don't want to talk about the weather or what you ate for breakfast or the kids. But if you sit there and say, hey, what's a cool book to read or what should I do in this business situation? I promise I'll reach out right away. Amazing. Thank you so much. So what are some key takeaways from this episode? I think that one of the big ones that I got out of it was at the end where it talked about looking for the pattern and having self-awareness of your actions. We often try and blame the external things that we can't control instead of looking at the things we can control, which is ourselves. If you're going into business with someone, like he said, that has a history, a pattern of screwing people over, 
you're going to be angry at yourself if it doesn't go well because you saw the pattern but you didn't acknowledge it and take action on it. You decided to throw your hands up and say, I'm going to do it anyway. And this is the biggest thing for success long-term is having self-awareness, having clarity of mind around the actions that you're taking and the patterns and behaviors of yourself and others. If you're not seeing the pattern of yourself and then you keep crashing into the wall because you're not paying attention when you're driving, you need to look at the thing you can control. It's not the car, it's not your phone, it's you. If your business is not going the way that it wants to and you're dealing with people who aren't really counseling you effectively, they're just giving you a lot of opinions and you're crashing, you need to blame yourself, not blame them. That's who they are. Stop trying to fit them into your box and start pivoting. Get counsel instead. You notice that there's a trend on the show and that is essentially every single person that I talk to says the same thing. You need coaching and guidance and counsel from successful people who have already achieved what you want to achieve so you can follow in their footsteps. Uh, and Greg said it when he was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. He's not going to find some random to take him up the mountain. He's going to find someone who's excellent at it, someone who's outstanding at it, and he's going to follow in exactly their footsteps because nothing is new. There is no uniqueness. It's about looking at what others have done and following in their footsteps, and then you can create. Too often we start and we try and be fancy. People start new businesses and they want to be different. They want to be fancy. They want to stand out. And it's just the wrong way of doing it. If you're running a functional medicine clinic or you're wanting to open up a functional medicine clinic, as an example, don't try and be fancy. Look at what the successful functional medicine clinics are doing and do what they're doing. And then as you start to get growth, you can then pivot. But you have to understand that your uniqueness comes from you, your insights, your guidance, your personality. You don't have to have a massively fancy, new, unique proposition for these people. Look at fast food restaurants, right? Being McDonald's, let's say, number one, let's say, is amazing. But arbitrarily, Burger King or Carl's Jr., if they were number two, is still a massive success. And did they reinvent the wheel? No. They looked at what McDonald's was doing and did something similar. They followed in their path and then their uniqueness came from their take on how to do the burger. But they weren't making a completely odd-shaped burgers or putting the meat patties on the outside of the bread because that's not how it works. There's a reason why that's successful. So just follow the path and your uniqueness will come in your flair, uh, not necessarily the method that you're taking, especially for healthcare, right? What works, works, and we should be following that process. And so part of my mastermind community is doing that, is saying, here is what's working. Let's go and do that together and get you results and then start to build on top of that. And you're going to hear that consistently in this show is find somebody who's done what you want to do and follow in their footsteps and be self-aware. The other thing people mention all the time is be self-aware. Recognize when you are not doing the things that you need to do to get to where you want to be. Recognize when you're not having clarity on your patterns recognize when you're wasting time. Too many people I talk to tell me, I don't have time to do this, I don't have time to do that. Bullshit, you've got plenty of time. We've all got the same amount of time. But it's what you focus on and where you put your energy is what will get you your outcomes. It's not about a lack of resources. Now, if you want to find out more information on how you can grow your healthcare business, I want you to get a copy of my book and you can visit practicemasterymethod.com where I talk about the nine accelerators on how to grow a seven-figure healthcare business or add seven figures to your revenue. There are free training, there's free resources that will be shared in the show notes as well. So go and check those out. Uh, and as always, keep at it, keep hustling uh, because we've got people to help, money to make and freedom to have. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. 
I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business. And I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.